Welcome to Leaders of Color, a podcast by Leading in Color. I'm your host, Sarisha Iyer, the founder and executive director of Leading in Color. We put together this podcast as a way to showcase the incredible opportunities and spaces being made by BIPOC youth across the country. On today's episode, we have Sabrina Taktu Montague. Sabrina is the Right to Play coordinator at Inu Khatigit. She provides programming and homework help to Inuit youth in various Inu Khatigit programs that are designed to improve a student's academics, life, and social skills. Sabrina has enjoyed a long history with Inu Khatigit, starting as a toddler in their Head Start program before volunteering and completing a co-op placement during high school. Working with Inuit youth is extremely important to her, having come from a northern community that lacked the kind of programs and supports provided by Inu Khatigit. Her experience in Nunavut and being part of the Inu Khatigit family while growing up enables her to quickly relate to Inuit youth and provide valuable, relevant help. Following her graduation from the Urban Aboriginal Alternative High School, Sabrina moved back to Nunavut, where she worked for the Oral Health Department. She later moved on to a project with NTI and the federal government, where she helped create three marine protected areas areas in Nunavut. In her spare time, Sabrina enjoys traditional cooking as well as sewing. Welcome to the podcast, Sabrina. Can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing with Inuit youth in Ottawa? So my work definitely varies because of the different age group groups that I work with. I work with uh, groups of kids in an after-school program from ages 6 to 12, providing cultural support and play-based learning. And then I also work with a drop-in group primarily during the week from Monday to Friday. And the ages are 13 to 24. So it's sort of like a very a big mixture of ages and um, requirements that we really have to adjust to. But it's all Inuit cultural based. And so why did you decide to get into this work? What motivated you, uh, especially to want to work with Inuit youth specifically? I think that growing up, I really came from a background where there wasn't um, many role models for me in my community and there wasn't enough for me to do to stay, you know, out of trouble. And I kind of grew up in an incredibly like harsh um, environment and I had a lot of problems at home and a lot of issues with my education. But I knew that I was smart, like, and I needed to just figure that out for myself. And so I kind of got into this job um, from previ- previously uh, going to the daycare. So I kind of reconnected um, as a young adult. And I just, you know, wanted to work in schools and in after school programs to help other see their potential, you know, like, we don't necessarily have to be articulate and, you know, like great at all subjects to see value in like our work and our <clears throat> our futures. And so what are some of the challenges that you faced in doing this work and uh, coming from that background? Has it affected you in any way, positively or negatively, that has been challenging for you or rewarding for you? Of course. It's so empowering just to see that there are so many youth in my community that look up to me. But I mean, it is kind of, it is is for sure like challenge because on the other side of that, I am seeing and experiencing more depth, more in depth in my community of the issues that are underlying from like intergenerational trauma. And like, even in my own family with my siblings, like some of them have FASD, some of them have, you know, other types of disabilities. So um, kind of like working with people that also have the same issues, it, it can be difficult because you see so much of your personal life 
um, and you learn so much about it, just like working with youth and adults and families. And it, it really hits home and it can get difficult sometimes and it's hard to find an emotional release. And being in that sort of environment, um, are there any, I guess, tips or techniques that you use for self-care when you're coming from a place of trauma and also now having to deal with the trauma of others and, and balancing those two things while you be productive in the work that you're doing? Yeah, it, it took me a long time to find a balance with um, personal and work because Inuit, we are all so closely related. Like, I could, I could work with anybody and we will find a way that we are connected in some way. Well, I had to like try to figure out, you know, how do you separate, you know, your personal life and your work life. And for me, my kind of like release is just focusing and on like art and like art-based things. And I try to put as much of, you know, that hard work and emotion into that as much as I do when I'm you know, working with everybody and then, you know, even taking it back to my community and like my work with like all of my youth, you know, like it's, it's just part of that healing. And yeah. And speaking of the art that you do, you recently had a mural put up in Ottawa. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about that project and what was involved and, and how it pa- panned out for you. Yeah. So we got connected with Painted Up as well as Union 613 and they got a grant to do a mural and they asked us to come in and we, we blended so well together and they were so, so kind to us and we worked for two weeks on this mural and the youth, I've never seen them work so hard and like have such a blast and like they felt right, like so right at home at like the restaurant and like it just opened up so many doors for them and you could just see like everybody was just glowing from like this beautiful mural that's like just in the middle of downtown and yeah, it was fantastic and I think they really want to do more art projects so we're trying to push more more for like yeah murals and things like that and you seem to have kind of translated that to your office space as well you recently started a mural there is that correct yeah so the kids saw not all of them got to participate in the mural downtown um so after the summer the youth were like we need one in the building and I was like okay I'm gonna go buy paint and then yeah so we've kind of started this mural and it's sort of it's really nice and like slow and like all the youth are just adding to it bit by bit and it's it's awesome like even if they're not artistic like we find a way to like have it work for them that's awesome Are there any other upcoming murals or projects that you are working on um, that other youth can be involved in? Or is there anything that your youth in particular are doing? The way we sort of work is it's very youth driven here. So if you come in and you say like, Sabrina, I want to learn, you know, how to paint or I want to learn how to do beading or something, then you come and sit in my art studio and we do whatever you want. And then if you have like an idea, like if like we recently painted um, the garage outside as well, and it's kind of just like anything the youth want, we make it happen. And like, no matter what like we have to go, it's this building. We really want it to be their space and comfortable for them. So any that you want to add to this place to make it feel more comfortable for you we are so open to it that's amazing is there anything you think involvement outside of the organization or perhaps how other indigenous youth or other non-indigenous youth can help inuit youth specifically 
Oh, yes, of course. Um, so I often go into, I mainly work in um, high schools and with older age groups. So I go into a lot of high schools and I do culture clubs. So you could always search for a culture club um, at your school or like your college or university. Attend it and like you can be an ally, you know, like you don't even have to be Inuk or indigenous to, you know, participate in these types of things. You could also like volunteer here or you know like there are all kinds of ways that we can you know make things work we're always open to anybody come in as well and like even just like emailing us if you wanted to like drop in and we're always looking for people to do workshops and we will pay honorariums like we really want our community to also come and like see our center um as much we go and travel into the community with the youth. Are there any upcoming projects that you have that the youth in your center are working on? Um, yeah, so we're sort of in the process of we're having some trouble finding like seamstresses for our sewing project. So we do, do a lot of tradi- traditional sewing, but we also do um, parka making um, and amautic making, which is the traditional women's, um, it's kind of like a baby carrier. So it has long sleeves and you put the baby on your back. Um, and we're kind of like looking for more people in the community to help us like Inuit or not. Like we just, we need to be creating these things. Um, I can't share too much of the detail right now. We want to have a fall feast in November and we will definitely like need hands and like we're always get we always like want people to come in and help us contribute also to like the community. So like we love to like bake cookies at Christmas and like go hand them out on the street. Like we do anything and everything to keep the youth busy, but also to help them gain volunteer hours for high school. So that's something to keep in mind. <laughs> I think just personally, like any place that I can go to really like contribute an Inuit perspective, I'm always um, like willing, you know, and any like you'll always see me like I'll be at every protest. Like I just like want to be out there in my community making a difference. And I also like I really enjoy like doing art. So like I would love to start doing more art, like more socially, I guess, because like I have such a a shut-in so if anybody you know knows places to go where you can hang out and do art like I need a safe space for myself so any budding artists make sure you get in touch with Sabrina our drop-in hours are from Monday to Friday from 4 to 6 um, and it is ages 13 to 24 and it is Inuit mainly but if you come here and you're Inuk and you have a friend that is not we're not going to turn your turn either of you away you know um, and you can always come and enjoy a meal. The meals are always at 5 p.m. So you get dinner. And then we always have activities throughout the week. And that ranges from homework help to girls' nights, boys' nights, um, ex- like excursions. And yeah, we do a, a variety of things. Um, but most of it is culturally based. So you can always come here to try to learn Inuktitu, to do Inuit art and really anything and everything that you suggest I can help you with so Sabrina thank you so much for joining us on Leaders of Color it was a pleasure speaking to you and learning about all the work that you do with Inuit youth in your community yeah thank you I love this Thanks for joining us on Leaders of Color. If you know a young racialized leader who's doing important work in their community, check out our website to nominate them to be the next guest on our podcast. For more information on what Leading in Color does and opportunities that we have available, check us out at leadingincolor.ca or follow us on social media at leadingincolor.